Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. This is the place where we discuss how to maximize performance and improve retention with today's modern sales force. Every conversation on the show has one goal in mind, and that is to catapult your commission. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, international best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a lifelong sales enthusiast. Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulting Commissions family, what's up guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Catapulting Commissions with Anthony Garcia. Our show continues to bring talented guests from around the world to discuss sales, sales leadership, or sales strategies for your uh, small business, which I call you salespreneurs. You, the person who makes a living off the revenue you sell, whether you sell for a company, whether you sell for yourself, uh, whether you sell a widget, we get paid commissionable dollars. Today's guest comes all the way from the other side of the pond, Daria Vudu Pianova, co-founded the Thought Leadership Academy with the mission to empower mission-driven leaders and ambitious coaches to step up their true visionary role and build a sustainable business around their knowledge. In their three-stage academy, Daria takes her clients from making a living as a coach to an expert status and from an expert status to a thought leader. In her academy, her members learn to create a sustainable six-figure coaching business, step into their visionary role, and create a more uh, a higher impact than ever thought before. She's a two-time TEDx speaker, an international keynote speaker, and best-selling author. Daria has trained thousands of coaches and rising thought leaders in how to get smarter and faster in reaching their business goals, using their capacity to teach and coach. She was invited to speak about her groundbreaking work in events such as Remax Europe uh, International Convention, Nomad Cruise, Woman in Tech, TEDx, and the European Innovation Academy. Daria, we are going to pick her brain and we're going to talk about the sales strategies and how she has gone from her business to internationally known and creating that true thought leadership in your respective category space. Daria, welcome to the Catapulting Commission Show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank Good. you. Anthony. I'm glad to have you, Daria. So let's start this thing off here. Um, you run an academy that you help people transition from. Um, I'm a traditional salesperson. I'm selling my product. Yeah. I'm selling my service. To I am the expert. I'm the go-to person. Walk us yes. through that. Why is that such a valuable topic for people who are trying to sell a product or service to be viewed as the expert as opposed to, hey, I'm just really good at selling something? So, well, let's see one thing. Sales is a core skill of any any profession. If you're working for somebody, even if you're working for yourself, it's something that's you have to master. And when it comes to competitive markets, I've been working, for instance, I work with real estate agents. I worked with the Remax headquarters in Europe, trained all the sales team and elite brokers in that space, but also in the coaching business. There are industries in the world that are very competitive. So what happens if you are in a competitive market and you go out and sell, you will probably be, now from the client point of view, they will see two people coming in with kind of the same 
knowledge, experience, kind of the same products. And how will they choose? They will choose by pricing or maybe they have some type of connection or referral. I don't know. Something comes in. What happens when you have authority and thought leadership is that they have already seen you around. They've already seen your value. You've already provided value to them without them even speaking with you. When you create valuable content, when you create valuable, you know, support, whereas if that is in the state, in the stage of, you know, working as a real estate agent or broker or in the coaching business, no matter what industry, when you go out there and you start to create long lasting network, long lasting connections where you provide bring value, you know, free value or massive value to your audience, to your network. When they need someone like you, they will come and think about you. So you don't even have to do that work. It's not going to become urgent because you're consistently creating sustainability in your business and in your, you know, in your sales process, because you are creating the momentum you are showing up. Whereas your comp competition is maybe not doing that because they are more, you know, looking for that next client, not maybe the one that's going to come after. Yeah, I, yeah. I would agree with you. I think as you're saying that, that content of value or delivering valuable content, I almost look at it from the perspective of that's almost like the modern day of cold calling, right? In, in the yes. old days when we would try to get business, you would cold call somebody, you know, you would, you would pick up the phone, you would call them, you would knock on their door. Uh, when email became relevant, you would send an email, social media, you would send a DM. And, and I have found that even the vendors that I purchase services from, when they reach out to me, I typically go look and say, well, what content do they have? What, what, yeah. what do they have a value that I can look at before I, before I trust you? So I think that's a great, a great message there. Is that something that you find people are hesitant to adapt or if they do adapt, what mistakes are they making when they're trying to give that content? So I think there are several things to it. One is to actually realize that content is not just content. Content is your traffic source. There are two things that will happen. When your potential client or your potential collaborator wants to check you out, they will go to Google. You will do it. And then anytime you are collaborating with someone, either it's a partnership or if you are selling to them, you are going to go on Google. You're going to Google their name. You're going to check them out and see what comes up. And my absolute favorite quote from Zig Ziglar says, people like you, they will listen to you. If they trust you, they will make business with you. Many times we jump that stage. We don't create that likeliness and trust. And so when people come on Google and they don't find enough information, they might not even want to get on that call with you. They might not even want to have that meeting. So you're losing the opportunity to actually get in, in the door. Um, so content wise, what happens is that you can really build out an evergreen automated over always present trust machine basically that's what you're creating a likeness machine and people who are going to see your content read your stuff you know follow your guidance especially in these times i've seen some amazing um, examples of people showing up in their communities even if they had a physical business said okay i'm gonna go online and i'm gonna support and serve my community right now and because they're doing it, because they're showing up and they're showing leadership. And that's what we're also looking for. We're looking for guidance. They're showing leadership and they're showing support. As I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to support you in the way I can with my expertise. That feels great because I can trust that person. And when I need someone, I already seen that they are capable of bringing me that guidance, even when I don't ask for it. 
so if if and I agree with you there, and if content becomes a traffic source, let's say I'm working with you, Daria, and I come into a situation, yeah. I'm like, okay, but I have so much information, or who am I to give her to deliver this content? Who am I to tell you that I'm the expert? You know, I, I'm I'm really good in my regional area, or I'm really good in my company, but but and you and I both know it. The moment you put content out on social media, the moment you put your message out there. Now you're you're opening your, yourself to to criticism, to views, to non-views, people liking, disliking, and so I think one of the fear bubbles people will have is why why should I be the person? Who am I to be that expert? Can we talk about that that's, for a second? That's a valid valid point, and it comes back to our you know our human behavior of wanting to be part of the tribe. We want to be part of the tribe we don't want to stand out because you know in cave cave uh, years back like long long time ago when we lived in caves and we were part of a tribe if i would stand out and the tribe will repel me because i was not with the others i would pay, basically die and our our brain our you know our old brain still thinks that if i go out from the tribe and i create something then you know something will happen but if you think about it right now content creation we are you know even if our brain doesn't understand it we are we are in a world where so many people create content and to be very frank and honest when you start out, when you don't have a big community, you probably don't have many people listening and watching you. You maybe have, you know, your parents and sister and legs. So there's better to start then. It's better to start when you have a small uh, network so you can train yourself and you can get better. And if it's really not good, you can just, you know, you can just delete it. It's fine. The question is not, and I know it's it's very, very common. People feel imposed an expert. I'm not telling you to be the expert of the whole field. What you are basically doing is just serving your clients. When I create content, I don't think so much about myself. I truly switch that direction. And, you know, even for public speaking, it's really, really common when people are afraid to think, but well, how will people look at me? And, you know, all the eyes staring at me. But if you switch that and you think, who can I serve right now? Who needs to hear this message? And forget about myself and say, okay, I had a client, like what I'd like to do is I had a client today or I had a client conversation. What was happening for them that my community online could, could really benefit to hear? That's the way I think. And I don't think, can I serve everybody? I'm just thinking someone like my client, someone like my, in, someone in my network needs to hear it right now. They need this message because they're stuck and they may be stuck with sales or maybe they may be stuck with their content. And if I can produce one content piece that's going to serve my whole community, how amazing is that? So it's really about shifting the belief of serving. If you can get into service mode and just say, who can I help today and support without being attached to the result right now and saying, I'm just going to be out there and I'm going to do my best to support with what I have and not pretend that I have more than that. Just this is what I have right now. This is how much I can give. I'm giving it away because information is basically something that you should not keep for yourself. What people are paying most of the time is implementation and trust that handholding the step-by-step -step with you. Information, you can give it away because they will still come to you even more because they see how much you can help them with, with uh, what you already have. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Information definitely should be free. And how you said, you know, when you start in the beginning and you start small, I have to be honest, you know, I've been putting out content for over a year now. Um, and for those that have joined the catapulting commissions, we are uh, over 50 episodes, over 50 weekly blogs. Uh, I am embrace this. And what I did in episodes one through 10 and what I do through episodes 50 and 60, we progressively get better. 
And I'm almost Absolutely. thankful that the platform I have now wasn't what I had in episodes one through 10, because while I think they were great, it's just, I'm better now. And we yes. grow and we get more effective at delivering that content. So I, I agree with that. There, there is um, some notion for sales professionals. When we try to sell products and services um, that we, we always feel we do better when we get somebody um, on the phone, right? Some of the information that, that a prospect may have. I know that if you call me and you have questions about my product or service or whatever products I've sold over the past 20 years, I was really good at explaining it to you in person or over the phone. If I deliver that content, wouldn't that cause people not to want to call me anymore? Oh, it's the opposite. They want to get on the call with you even more because, again, the competition out there is quite tough in some markets. And if I have to choose between two people and I've been following some content pieces from someone on podcast, I've been listening, you know, watching, their, you know, following their emails. I have people on my email that's been there for two years and they're following my content. And, you know, I know the moment that they want to get and get that next stage of their business, they're going to call me because I've been out there for them. Why would they choose someone else that they don't even trust and like? They have never, you know, spoken with them. So it really creates that, you know, it's a long-term game. It's like social selling. It's, it's a it's a point of, I would say it's, it's a it's a way to social sell without selling, really. So what you're doing is that in your content, if you think about the call, a sales call that most professional coaches, consultants that I work with most, they, they have the calls that they have to get on, of course, uh, to close their high ticket sales and stuff like that. So what happens before the call is that your audience, your potential client, they have a lot of beliefs that you can break in your content. So your content is there to actually sell the call. Somehow what you're doing, you're, you're, you're realizing that, okay, if I wanna work with this person, what beliefs do they have about my product, about my solution, about what, who, who I am? And if you can cons consistently week in and week out, break those beliefs that you know th they are not good enough or this is not gonna work for them or you are not the right person for them and if you can keep helping them to decide that oh actually i can do this actually it's gonna help me then the call is just gonna be so easy because you already sold them in your content up to the call the course becomes not kind of consistently trying to convince them you're just looking like okay we are done with that you already believe what I have to offer. Let's do, let's get to work. You know, I like that. I, I like how you, how you simplify it. It almost sounds like if I do it effectively, when people get on the phone, it's more logistics. Like, Hey, how do I start? Yes. Because I've already yes. been sold by what you're telling me. And, and markets are definitely, there's definitely markets that are crowded. Uh, there's markets that aren't. And I have seen people who aren't, uncrowded markets i'm almost jealous of like i i wish i was I, i'm trying to think of an uncrowded market that that doesn't exist that that you know and, and i say this because i i'm in the in the business space of of professional thought and coaching leadership and and it there's great people out there and it's a big market but i, I wish i was in basket weaving like if i was doing basket <laughs> weaving and i would and i would put content out it would go so fast 
Um, and so I, I like I like how you say that you, you're building trust by just answering questions people are already looking yes. for about your product and service. Um, and your content really does become a lead magnet. Now, now yes. switching gears from here a second. So if we're doing this effectively and we're 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 selling social selling for a lack of better words right our social media is our sales our content is our is our pipeline our content is our our sales process how do we maximize profitability in that space now i, I know one of the things you you teach about is is a a um three shifts someone needs to make when they're going into profitability or you call it the profit framework can we talk a little bit about that sure so this one specifically is for coaches, consultants, and you no know, service providers who are independent and want to grow. What's really important in that moment is when, when you want to scale your thought leadership and you are independent, you're going for six figure, multiple six figures, is to realize that there are three stages to thought leadership. The first step is profit. The second step is time. And the third one is leverage of influence. The first one, what you have to realize is that all your stage one actions should lead to profit. And that means that when you are choosing your niche, when you are choosing your product, when you're choosing your content strategy, it should be something that is profitable. And that is the very common mistake when people are doing that. They, they divide their sales and you know pro niche and product and their content. What the content is doing is that basically they are really working towards that one specific niche that wants your support they have an urgent need they are ready to pay what you know what you're asking them to pay for your high level expertise that's really easy and simple but there's so many people that get it wrong because they want to help everybody they want to have the content for everybody they want to have products for everybody so they're getting stuck in this not clear understanding of who are they actually serving so we were speaking about that anthony before question and answer so solving problems for your content you cannot solve problems from everybody because you cannot know everybody so you have to get super super clear on who am i speaking to and then very easy exercise that i tell my clients to do is to take a photo of your favorite client that you love working with that is paying you great money for what you're doing and you feel like you're really helping them you're in your zone of genius you're really stepping up your game in how you can serve them and take that photo and print that in front of your your screen and every time you create content you only speak to them your content is just to solve their problems because if you do that you'll be able to clone you know more people like them you will have more clients that are having this type of values that you want them to have they are really showing up for themselves you can really serve them and it becomes easier so it's, that's the way i see it but the profit framework for me is about niching down to the smallest audience that you can serve and really have them in mind when you create your content when you create your sales strategy and content of course is not only that's not only part that you're going to do, you're going to create content that's going to lead into some type of mini funnel that's going to lead you into your call. But the beginning of that traffic source is the content. But you have to remember that it's part of the sales strategy. It has to come together with who am I actually serving? A lot of people get it wrong because they try to go too broad and the product is not clear and they have no really understanding of what this real bleeding neck problem for my clients. What's urgent? What's going on? As we are recording this, you know, I tell all my clients, what is the season we are in? What are your clients going through? You know, if it's Christmas season, if there's like December, January, okay, they're tired. They have to think about how we're going to do the holidays. How can you serve them right now? 
what's going on the same in summer what's going on in their life if you can just really always come back what's going on in my clients my best client's life right now what does he need to hear and just serve him create content for him then you will get people writing to you and say i listened to your episode it blew my mind i felt like you were speaking to me that's that's the way you wanted them to feel hey i wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode I hope you're enjoying what you have heard thus far. Have you heard the good news? The international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions, has been named a 2021 Selling Power Magazine book recommendation. And I want to thank you, the Catapulting Commissions family. You can claim a free copy by texting hello to 661-228-8967. You can also find out more information at catapultingcommissions.com. Okay, let's get back to the show. I, I love that. And, and, and Daria, I will say that statement resonates with me so much um, in, in the aspect of we, we just use the analogy of, you know, the Catapulting Commission's podcast and blog have passed 50, uh, past 10,000 downloads. And we have done, uh, you know, a weekly show where nobody knew me 12 months ago to now my calendar's full. But that mistake you said... I made that in the beginning. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the the expert for everybody. And when you really get that clarity you're mentioning, and you know, and it almost makes it easier to put oh, content yes. out. It, it so really easy. does because it's 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 what you know, it's what you do. If if you know, we if I I'm a service-based provider, I speak with people on a consistent basis. So me yes. me creating content in front of a camera or me having a zoom with a client or an employee is really no difference. It's the exact same message. So I like how you say that. Now, if, if we go through that process, profit, time, uh, leverage of the influence, and when people yes. are in that profitability stage, do you find people, clients, prospects, there's somebody listening to it right now that is saying, how fast does it happen? How quick do I become profitable? Is it is it an yeah. overnight sensation? Is this putting in the long reps? Is there a misconception of time? How long does that take for somebody? It depends a lot on your sales mindset, I would say. Okay. Because I work with high tickets and I work with, you know, premium offers because I truly believe that we can serve a handful of people really, really well. Then we can get to six figures. You know, we can take our clients to six figures and they really understand the, the beliefs, what people need because they're working deeply with a handful of people. Then they can create online course wherever they want. So we go from high ticket to lower ticket. And if that person is comfortable with sales, I'm confident that we can get them to six figures in one year. If, if they are not it can take years because if there is a sales and believe that they, they are not good enough, they cannot sell at that price. They are, no, who am I to serve this type of clients? Because you have to step up. It's a lot of self-development. You have to believe in yourself. You have to also get comfortable with the rejection on your offers. You have to believe that uh, what you have to offer is worth that investment and that you can show up at that level. You have to become better. You have to become a better you know, professional for sure. Um, but as a thought leader, that's what you want. You want to be the master of your skills. If you want to become a thought leader, no, I don't take it um, 
as a, like a fancy, you know, buzzword that some, some people might think it's for me, it means that you're the master of your skills. You're a master of your expertise and you are every day trying to become better for your clients, for yourself, for your community, for your mission. It's really a commitment to your art. It's a commitment to your work. So for that reason, if you're committed and you're ready to play full out, yes, you can have a six figures within 12 months, but you have to go through the journey of becoming better and really committing to like going all in one niche industry, understanding their core, core needs and de building out the programs for them building out the salesperson for them, building out the content for them, and not doing anything else. A lot of people get stuck there. They try to do everything, every new shiny object they, they find, they want to go after that because it's not so scary. What's scary is the commitment to only one audience and one core product and really serving them for longer time. If you do that, then you will see results. So I would say it depends on, it can go one year, it can be five years. It depends more on self-development and how much you believe in yourself and how much you want to commit to mastering your skill. I, yes, 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 and yes. That, that discipline to stay focused on the one channel, yes. we all struggle with it. I mean, I, I struggle with it myself so much so that every time, you know, in, in my business, every time I get a new idea, I literally I open up my planner and I have the word focus written a bazillion times. Oh. The reason it says focus is, is this focusing with my alignment or is this just something that's fun and exciting? And I have gone from, you know, when I first was launching this business and, and, and the catapulting commissions, uh, the brand's been out over a year, but the business has been in development. You know, I, I mean, the concept came to life almost two and a half, three years ago. And that first six months, it was like, oh, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. All wrong, kind of found my channels to focus in. And to say that, you know, you said the sales mindset, but I hear the word sales discipline. Am I disciplined to stay in yes. my lane? Am I disciplined? to be exciting here. And it's hard because we see the Gary Vaynerchuks. We see the big names that are talking about everything. They're everywhere. They're doing that. But what we don't see is you don't go and see the Gary Vaynerchuk 10 years ago when all he was talking about was wines on YouTube and yes. just over and over and over with seven people listening, a hundred views. And, but that was, that was his, that was his blame that he developed and built and expanded. So to hear you say that, I think that's great. Um, that we, we have to find that focus. We have to find that clarity. And is that, is that part of something that you help with your clients? Absolutely. I absolutely, that's the fastest way to get them to profit and to mission, you know, development of their mission is to really focus and take away everything else. That's my, you know, my zone of genius is to help them to see clearly. They always tell me that clarity is one of the core things that I give to them is because I look at what they're doing and I see what the, what's that zone of genius that they have, what their core thing that they are so good at. And then we take away everything else. We get rid of all, you know, I had clients coming to me like, I just learned TikTok. And I said, well, you have to stop right now until you get sales. No TikTok for you because, you know, and she stopped for two weeks. She sold 50% of her group coaching in one week. First group coaching ever that she done. And she was blown away because I told her we focus on sales first. We focus on developing the skills. That means there's getting on the phone and speaking to your potential clients and learn to get and know, learn to get better, learn to understand what's missing, improve, constant improvement. 
what people are trying to do is to avoid the confrontation that that offer is not good enough. Because when you when you get something to the market first time or when you're really in alignment with your mission, it's really hard to get the first no, because it feels almost like you are getting a no. But if you can detach yourself from that and see, it's not me, it's that the way I presented my product or service today and this specific moment, it wasn't enough to get to the next level. Maybe because of me, or maybe because it wasn't just the right match at that moment for that person. And if you can start to understand that it's not really about you, and that there are things that you can improve to get more, you know, to go further, but there are also things that you cannot really control. Sales, that the beauty of sales is that. I think it's so beautiful that there's a, a moment of, you don't really know what's gonna happen, but you can prepare, you can improve. And the preparation is in the conversation. You cannot do that work by hiding away and building funnels and building out everything and clicking on like, let's just send out that email and hide under the table and hope that someone, someone's gonna sign up. I will never have to speak with them before they become my client. That's the worst thing. So I, what I tell them is just get out in the field and get on the phone, get on Zoom calls and get a no. Get a no, push to the no, get get comfortable with rejection and understand that no is not the bad word. I believe that no in our society has this bad reputation. And if we can get just get comfortable with no, it's not about you. No is a beautiful word. Get comfortable with that. So many things will change. Catapulting commissions family. Did you just hear that right now? Daria said get comfortable with getting no. We already know your prospects, whether you're selling a widget or you're selling a service or you're selling your coaching services or you're, you're selling your, your, your enterprise software, whatever you're selling, you're going to hear more no's than you're going to hear yes. And the only way you're going to get to yes is just to get the no's. Don't fall into that complacent trap of only working in your zone of comfort. Extend yourself, push yourself out, get those no's. I, I love what you're saying there, Daria. W one of the things you also said a while ago, you talked about you specialize um, in high ticket um, offerings, right? You you want people to have that high ticket offering, and 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 I've I've heard you say that people, you know, people always think, hey, let me create an online course, or let me create this yeah. low ticket offer, like let me get your credit card info for like this seven dollar or forty four dollar. $27 offer and whatever. I mean, we've seen them all online and you say that you don't need those to create trust and sell high ticket programs. That it's actually counterproductive and the results from those low ticket can actually damage uh, your clients can damage your, your client retention. Can you elaborate a bit on that? Absolutely. And this is something I'm really deeply passionate about um, having conversation about because Online courses today have a completion rate between three and 5%. Some people say five to 10%. It's very, very low. What does that mean? Someone's buying a course. And actually, if you have 100 people buying a course, you have about 15 people at max going through that course. And if you're thinking like now, well, it's not going to happen to my course because my course is amazing. Just think about all the courses you bought this year that you haven't finished. And you will realize that no matter how good they are, we don't finish course. It's just not in our behavior because there's no deadline in our brain. We just think that we can do it later. There's something more, more urgent. So what happens is that you have people buying your course, not going through the content. So they are not getting results. If they're not getting results, do you think that you can upsell them? Do you think that you can keep them? Probably not. So what I mean by that is that if you get someone 
to come to a program and we go high ticket directly, we, we go, we, we don't do online courses because I think it's not going to help people. And I want my client to serve their client at the best level. I want the client to go through the implementation and get results. So I'm not going to teach someone to not get results with their product. So therefore, when someone comes in and they have a group coaching, let's say that it's a shorter program, they give them results, they really support them, they are really good at serving them, solving the most urgent needs. What do you think will happen? They got the first result, three to six months, they work together, they get what they wanted, they are really happy, they are improving their life. Do you think they will continue or not? Of course. So the client retention there is an amazing client retention. So you can take a client, you know, a client that started 500, maybe stay with him for 10,000 or 20,000 because you keep serving them, you keep helping them. So instead of going with online courses that is not going to help most of the time because they don't even finish the course. We don't even talk about getting results. They don't even complete the course. Why don't you create a program that is going to actually, when one is gonna be amazingly fun and enjoyable to go through, they're gonna feel super supported that you're gonna be available for them, you're going to help them to get results, that, that initial, you know, confidence in themselves, and then you can do amazing things together. So that's the way I think about programs. You have to create an experience that is going to transform your clients and give them results and help them, not just, you know, create some information because it feels good. I, I, I agree with you. I, you know, to hear you say that courses only accomplish, only complete at three to 5%. As you said that, I thought about the courses that I have purchased and I have purchased, I purchase courses pretty often. Some because I'm interested in the content, some because, you know, they're my competition. I'm seeing what people are offering. And it's so much so that I look at it. And I'm like, I, I don't like the course framework. I, I like the in-depth in your face, working with somebody yeah. solving a problem um and and you're you're right i think you get a longer client retention when you have someone that you charge whatever your fee is but you solve that problem over the agreed yes. work time they're gonna come back versus yes. here's my course for 47 dollars or 147 or whatever the price is you get access to it you can go at it at your own pace and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily bring that client retention that you want. Um, and maybe yeah. that philosophy and, and that approach was relevant 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I think with how consumers respond now, I know for me, the people that I've retained that I have purchased or been introduced online for whatever services, they all solve a problem and it's yes. all it's all high contact, whether it's like a monthly call or a biweekly call, like I'm engaged I know who you yeah. are. You know who I am. You're, I'm yes. not just a name on a list. I'm not just a name or a student enrolled in a course trying yes. to learn how to make that work. Yes. Exactly. I like that. I, I think that that's something that more uh, sales professionals need to hear. More more sales uh, entrepreneurs need to hear. We It's about really the problem we solve as opposed to trying to get every dollar, because not every dollar is a good dollar. No, no. And you should even say no to, to dollars that are not good dollars. If you're not completely aligned with your clients, if you don't know how to solve, if it's not the right fit, don't take on that client. You're not gonna be able to serve them at highest level. You want to be able to say 100% confident that yes, it's the right fit. Yes, I can see I can help you and I'm gonna do everything I can to do that. If it's not the case, don't take on that client. 
I like that. I absolutely catapulted commissions family. Not every dollar is a good dollar and not every client's a great client because some of those, those easy dollars, those low dollars I have found in my experience are sometimes some of the biggest headaches. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And, and high, t- high paying client who has committed to themselves more than to you, because they're com- if someone is, you know, signing up for, for a program, a coaching program for six months or one year. And what they are doing is that they're betting on themselves saying, I believe in myself that I'm going to make this money back and I'm going to get results because I trust that I have the capacity with your support to get there. What that shows is that I want to play full out. So they are going to show up for the sessions. They're going to do the work and they're going to show up for the guy calls and they're going to try and try again until they succeed. It's an amazing support that you can give to this type of people because they are in the game to win. They are not there just to consume your content and say that was inspiring. You're not going to do anything about it. Very true. I, I, as you say that, I look at what I have spent in my own personal development, which is a significant amount of money. And I found that when I spend, let's just say over 10 grand for whether it's a coach, uh, a program, a mentor, a mastermind, that's, that's a lot of money. So I'm like, okay, if, if I'm going to cut you a check for 10 grand or more, you best believe that I'm going to come prepared, ready to engage, yes. going, to, and I'm not going to blame you who sold it to me. I'm going to blame myself if I can't get the results versus, hey, here's $10. Oh, well, you know, this sucks. And then you start emailing. Why this doesn't make sense. It's it's just a different level of commitment for clients when you have a higher ticket item. So I I see that. I I know there's people who like the low ticket item to get people in your, your, uh, in your, in your list. But to me, your list is only valuable if people are truly engaging in your content, if they're truly interested in what you offer and are truly a prospect down the road, not necessarily, Hey, you're going to buy every $5 widget I put out there. No, absolutely. And what you can do if you're feeling, because many of my clients are very heart centered and they want to do good in the world. You know, they tell me, well, if I sell only high ticket, how will I help people who really need my support? And what I tell them is that you have to understand that if you get to six figures, if you get to a sustainable income, whatever that means to you, it doesn't have to be six figures, but you feel like, okay, I can support myself and my family. And I feel that I'm not stressed financially. And I can, I can really, you know, take on the clients that I can serve the best. And I'm not taking on clients because I have to, because I want to. And when you are in that stage, then you can develop, you know, other type of offers, which is maybe more self-paced where you can give support and you can even give it for free because you don't care. You're abundant. And I want you to create from an abundance space. If you can do that, when you can say, well, you cannot afford that, here is this training. And if you go through that, that's amazing. If you don't, you have it. And then whenever you feel ready, you can go through that, you know, like a book, you know, no one is going to be there with you. Books are amazing. 10 euros, 20 euros. You can get that. You can read There's no one going and calling you up and saying, did you read the book? That's fine, you know? But if you can start, it's not about how or like, should I do this or that? It's when, this stage. Get first profit in your, you know, in your business. Get those 10, 20 handpicked amazing clients, serve them at the highest level, and then do whatever you want. If you want to create extra offers to support more people, you'll be able to do that from an abundance space, not because you have to. I love that. Make the low ticket offers optional, something there 
because your revenue is coming in high ticket and it's not a necessity. And it yes. definitely, I mean, and you're absolutely right. If you're doing one well, the $10, the small dollar offer, you know what? Here, it's free. Just download it. Here, yes. it's yours yes. to take. Learn about me. Yeah. If you really want to work with me, request a call. We can figure out how to work together. And, yes. I, and I think that there's some value there. Daria, we are going to run out of time here soon, but I, I definitely love where this conversation is going. How does the Catapulting Commission's family get to know more about you? How do they find out who you are? Where's the best place for them to connect with you? So the best way is to go to dariav.com and that's where you're going to find more about me. And you can also contact me on LinkedIn, Daria Vodopianova. Uh, just let me know that you listen to this podcast. And if you want to talk more about it, I'm really happy to continue the conversation. Absolutely, Daria. And Catapult and Commissions family, we will have those links in the show notes. Or if you're watching the video on YouTube, just click the notes below. Be sure to connect with Daria as we listen to today's message from Daria. There's so much value in being the expert in your space. If I look back at some of the things that Daria talked about, that content you put out, that is essentially building your infrastructure. Your content is part of your sales process. If you're not putting that out, you're, you're, you're falling behind because I guarantee you the world of social selling, of digital marketing, of being effective online is only going to get more competitive. It's only become more of a, a standard. And the day of, hey, hand to hand, I'm going to go stop by and knock on your door. Those are a little bit different. So, Daria, I appreciate the value. Thank you for joining the Catapulting Commission show. Oh, thank you so much. It was, has been a pleasure. Real Great. pleasure. And I wish you nothing but abundant success. Stay safe uh, during this COVID pandemic as we're winding it down, hopefully, and, and we continue and get rid of this thing. But stay safe. Uh, and if I could ever be of any service for the Catapulting Commission's family, feel free to reach out. And Daria, I do tell this to all my guests. I will reach out to you in a year, a year and a half to bring you back on the show so well. we can see what has happened and, and learn some of the things that have changed. Catapulting Commission's family, be sure to click subscribe. I will see you guys next week. Catapulting Commission's family, that does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commission's podcast. Finally, if you want a free copy of Catapulting Commissions, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Again, text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.